My main text tonight, I'd like to read from the book of Colossians, the first chapter, uh, from the 12th verse, and a few verses there. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Amen. Tonight, we'd like to consider the reason for exist existence. The reason for existence. And uh, see, I use a similar word there. Uh, we have just one reason for existence. The world has many reasons why the figure exists. But when we go to the Word of God, there's just one reason. We're going to find that out tonight. I know a lot of you know it, but it's going to remind ourselves of that. And just in case some don't know, we'll find out tonight. You know, uh, when I was about six years old, I had what I can only call an identity crisis in elementary school. Um, I didn't know really where I came from. I didn't understand that. I didn't know who I was. I didn't understand why I didn't know that when I explained what happened. I didn't know where I was headed, certainly. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the reason for my existence. What happened was I, I, I told my mom one morning I wanted to change my name. My name is Lago, and it was a strange name in my school. Nobody had that name. There was a John, there was a Joey, there was a Germany, there was a Wazim from Israel. I was Lana, and they, they didn't, it was, it, was, it was strange. And there was a particular kid in school who used to make fun of my name. He said, it's a girl's name. So I told my mom, I want to change my name. She said, what name do you want to wear? I said, Lana. I mean, I said, John. She said, John? She said, okay. Okay, John. We'll call you John. She gave me a smile. I was about to get out of the door. She said, Lana, I forgot your lunch bag. I said, no, my name's not Lana. Call me John. She said, okay, John, get your lunch bag. I went to school. I called my classmates in, in school. And I said, right, from today, you call me John. And sure, as sure as I was expecting, you know, Paul stood up. And say, you, you're, not, you're not John. Your name is Lana. Your parents called you Lana. That's your name. And our teacher saw what's going on. Mrs. Curtin, she came and said, come to me. And she told me for the first of my life, she told me that you're a special child. Your name is important. Your, your parents had a reason for giving that name. So be proud of the name. And I felt good about that. So I went home and said, Mom, can I have my name back? And she said, sure. You know, um. That was, that was a wonderful thing because uh, everybody in the world asks these four questions. Society asks these questions. They spend a lot of money to find out what this, the answers to the questions are. But what are these questions? How did I get here? Second one is, who am I? Third one is, what am I doing here? And the fourth one is, where am I headed? The word gives absolute answers to those questions. The first one, how did I get here? Well, if you ask any of our children in the primary house class, they'll tell you. Things that scientists don't know, they'll let you know. They know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They'll let you know that after that, 
God said that there was. He said, let there be, and it happened. And then on the sixth day, um, he had a Godfather, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost decided to make man in their own image. And out of the dust of the earth, he formed a man. He breathed in man, and that man became a living soul. He called him Adam. And then from his rib, he formed a woman, and the two of them are the parents of everyone on this planet. That's how we got here. We know that's true. Now that's fundamental to answer the, the many three questions. Because if you don't believe that, you will get the many three questions wrong. You don't understand that God created you here. And if he created you here, there has to be a purpose. There has to be a purpose. So, the next question is, who am I? If you ask me that, I might say Lana. If I ask you, you might say I'm a father. Someone else might say I'm a security guard. Well, those are important answers. Uh, they're real, but they're not the most important answer. This question has two very important answers. And Jesus, he gave us an account that illustrates um, the two answers that human beings can give. One of them is a great answer. The other is a horrible answer. He said, in Luke 18, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Two men went to the church to pray. He gave us their identities as a, one a Pharisee and one a publican. But those identities were superficial. There's one identity that was very important that two of them had. And the reaction that both of them had to, the, to that identity was fundamental to what happened to them uh, throughout their lives. What happened with the Pharisee? Let's start with him. He went to pray to God who has no shadow of turning. There's no variableness. Everything to him is as the noonday. You can't deceive God. But he went there and he was an identity thief. He was a hypocrite. He presented himself to be what he wasn't. Pray to God and telling God. He, he told God, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. He was telling God his works. Using those works to try to let God... Uh, know that I, I'm your child, God. I do these good things. But like uh, I used to say when I was a kid, all God's children. To be God's children, you must be born again. It doesn't matter if you go to church. It doesn't matter if you do good works. It doesn't matter if you sing in the choir. you got to find out what it's all about. you got to be born again. You see, he missed that completely. He missed it completely. And he, he went home just the way he came. Jesus tells us that. Because the Pharisee instead, he knew who he was. He admitted his identity to God. He didn't pretend to be someone else. He, he told God, I am a sinner. And that's the right way to go about answering the, 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 the uh, that question, who am I? Even though it's a bad answer, but that's the right way to go about it. Because before he said that, he said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's telling God, if you would change my identity, if you can change my identity today and make me your child, I'm going to live for you. I thank God so much that about 45 years ago, my son made that choice. You know, it was a special meeting like this in Lagos. Uh, we traveled three hours to get there from where we lived. 
I went to the parish to pray after service. I wouldn't get saved so bad. You just come to the church for a few months, you know, and when I came to this church, I was a complete novice about God. I didn't know anything about Jesus. Even though we went to church, the Lord told me things I heard in the church. And within a few weeks, I knew I needed to get saved. The kids I met to Sunday school, they were saved. They could sing songs. They felt it. I, I didn't know. I didn't, I never had that feeling. So I wanted to get saved, and I didn't want the Pharisee then. I told Jesus I was a sinner. And I was praying. He reminded me of things I did wrong. And I said, Jesus, I'll confess that. The book from the library I took, I'll return it. If you save me, I'll be a good boy. I was 11 years old. I got saved that day. I went out. My first told me to testify to my dad. I said, Daddy, I got saved. Amen. Thank God today I'm still saved. I can say, I am a child of God. You see, that's what happened with the Pharisee and all those who testified tonight. And many more who did not want to have been saved. We changed our identity from that of a sinner to a saint when we pray through salvation. So if you ask us, who are we? Who am I? I will say, I am a child of God. That's the most important identity anyone can have. If you can say that with conviction because you've been saved, oh, you, you have more knowledge than all the scientists in the world. But that's trying to figure out what the identity is. But we know. We know. And then the third question, why am I here? That's a big one. Many people are spending so much time trying to figure that out. They're spending time thinking about their destiny. It's something that maybe I was put here to be a motivational speaker, or maybe be president of the country. And that's a good I can do. Yeah, but listen, that's not the reason why we're here. There's one reason why we're here. Uh, we read in the Word of God, <laughs> in Colossians chapter 1, that uh, passage I read, the 16th verse, I think it's that statement, or it says, All things were created by Him and for Him. All things were created for Him and for Him. That's talking about Jesus Christ. But in Revelation 4:11, He expands it and makes it more explicit for us. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. That is why we are here. You see, the reason for man's existence is to please God. That is the only reason. There's no other reason. Everything, all the other things we do are subject to that reason. If they, 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 they're tangents from it. So if we are to please God, the word of God tells us that without faith it is impossible to please him. And then we know that faith cometh by hearing the word of God. We hear the word of God, and that's how we have faith. But then when you hear the word of God, like I hear it tonight, you have to be doers of the word and not hearers only for it to be effective. So when you hear the word of God, you have to act on it. And what does God say in his word? First Peter chapter 1, verses 15, verse 16. In order to please him, God says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So after we're saved, we have to live up to that standard. We have to be holy in all manner of conversation. And that means everything we do, not just what we say. Conversation here means your entire existence. How you relate with one another. How you relate with those outside the church. How you relate with your family. That's what it means. Unfortunately, some Christians, and I'm, I don't mean anybody here, but if, if you found that category, may God help you soon tonight. They wear Christianity like a costume. They come to church and they put it on. They come to church and do what they need to do. And then they leave the church and take it off. 
And then they, they start behaving like a world. And then they forget that God said, come out from among them and be ye separate. You see, they, they, they want to blur the line between being a Christian and being in the world. And may God deliver us from that spirit. What kind of a Christian are you? What, of a, what kind of a Christian am I? Uh, again, I want to go back, way back to uh, the early days of our church. Uh, I, should, I should read in the sermons a statement that they used to make about construction of people. He said there are two groups of people who want to construct construction, the uh, construction crew and the working hand. I think I'm right. Yes, thank you, Brother McKinley. Yes, so uh, when you come to church as a Christian, which of the two are you? Which of the two am I? Are you one of those who's helping the church to uh, maintain the standard of the gospel? You know, God's standard, we can't reduce it, we can't increase it. It's fixed. But there are certain things the church has in place that helps us to maintain that standard, our policies, our traditions. What kind of a Christian are you with respect to that? What kind of a Christian am I with respect to that? Do you come to church and you want to draw down the standard by the way you behave, by things you do? Uh, you're part of the wrecking gang. Take a ball and try to break things down. But those who are the construction crew, they're trying to lift up that standard, maintain it. Be ye holy. I see what I call this holy. Be ye holy. We have to live holy. We have to live holy. If you don't live holy, we've missed the reason for our existence. We are here beating the air. But if you can live holy, then the final question we can answer it the way uh, Job answered. And what's the final question? Where are you headed? Where am I headed? When I was coming to Portland from Seattle, we got on a plane, and everyone on that plane was heading towards one destination, which was Portland, Oregon. But not, not, all, not all of us were going to the same locations. I was headed towards the campgrounds, along with the brother who came with me. The other people went somewhere else. Every human being is headed towards one destination, eternity. But not every human being is going to the same location in eternity. There's eternity with God. There's eternity without God. If we live our lives holy, if we maintain the reason for existence, we can say with Job, definitely, definitely knowing where we are headed. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another. Though my rays be consumed within me, he was sure where he was headed. If you are saved tonight, if you live holy, you can say with certainty that I'm headed to heaven. I'm headed to living with God. But if you can't say that, if you are walking on the broad way, that answer is a sad one. May God help you tonight to change your identity. May God help you to decide to give your life to God. And if you give your life to God, may God help you to continue to live only to Him. Right now, like we heard yesterday, tomorrow is not promised us. But we have this moment. We have this moment. If you can come to Jesus tonight, and ask him to change your identity from that of someone who is not serving God. We call them sinners. Listen, 
It's not a, it's not a diversion term, it's just a fact. You can change that to being saved by praying through salvation. Oh, there you're on the right track. If as a Christian you haven't been living holy all in all your conversation, God can help you tonight. Jesus can help you tonight. We're going to sing a closing song right now. The altar is open for anyone who's seeking God, and we're going to be here to help you pray. May God bless you all as we sing the closing song.